Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. One of the women, you know what she, she said to me? She sent a video of herself walking unveiled. And she said that my mom is scared that I'm going to be another Mahsa. And I told my mom that, mom, you worried that I'm going to get killed like Mahsa? I'm already a dead person when I don't have freedom. When I don't have freedom to choose what I want to wear. When I don't have freedom to dance. When I don't have freedom to sing. When I don't have freedom to go to stadium. I'm a dead person. It is my distinct privilege to welcome to the podcast uh, author, activist. Uh, she's been in the news lately for the darkest of possible reasons, which is that the Iranian government uh, hired three people to kill her here in New York City. Masi Alinejad. Welcome, Masi. Thank you so much. Such an introduction. But you forgot to call me a troublemaker for mullahs. Well, you, you've been a troublemaker for quite some time. You also wrote a book, uh, which I want to say is uh, now in the spotlight, uh, The Wind in My Hair, My Fight for Freedom in Modern Iran. Um, so you've been the leader and really the catalyst for a movement against the compulsory wearing of the hijab in Iran for years and years now um, and immigrated to the U.S. in 2009. Is that right? 2009, I uh, left Iran. So I was in London when I launched a campaign against compulsory job. But let me be very honest with you. I didn't have any plan to launch a campaign against compulsory job because my main focus was uh, to give voice to those whose beloved one got killed in 2009 protest. And clearly I was a political journalist, so I was brainwashed for years and years that compulsory job is a small issue. So one day my social media was like full of sad news, sorrow, you know, killings, executions. I just published a picture of myself to cheer my audiences up, like to, to just talk about hope. And I, the picture was me running in a beautiful street full of blossoms in London. And I published that and I just wrote simple caption. Anytime when I run in a free country and I feel the wind in my hair, it just reminds me of the time that this massive hair was like a hostage in the hands of the Iranian regime. And then I received a lot of comments from Iranian women envying at my freedom from wow. compulsory. That's it. 
immediately I said that, wow, these women want to speak up against compulsory job. Then soon after I published another picture of myself, which was taken inside Iran, unveiled. Then I asked Iranians whether they want to publish their own photos without hijab. I got bombarded by photos, videos of women walking unveiled, which is a punishable crime. That's how uh, my Stealthy Freedom campaign was born. Well, that, that has been in the news recently because there's been this wave of protests uh, in the wake of, uh, it sounds like the, one of the catalysts was that uh, the Iranian National Guard saw a woman without a yeah, hijab. Yeah, saw Amini got killed in the hand of morality police. That actually makes me very sad. Because oh, it makes, I mean, how could it? It's horrifying to think about the no, fact no, that I mean, they would take a woman is, captive and then she yeah. would die in their, their Not care. only that, my heart is broken for Mahsa Amini, like millions of other women, and that's why men and women got furious. They took back to the streets. But when you say that it wasn't the news, the compulsory hijab thing recently because of her brutal death, that makes me really sad and furious because for years and years, um, we, the women of Iran, through our campaign, have been warning the rest of the world about the danger of morality police. And we've been ignored. But immediately when we are victims, so media pay attention to us. When women are warriors, then media ignore it. So yeah, um, through another campaign, which I launched in 2014, White Wednesdays, women were waving white headscarf in public, walking unveiled, and filming the morality police Four of them are still in prison. Terrible. One of them was only 20 years old, but she received 24 years prison, no. Sabah or Dafshari. Yeah. Yeah, you've had family members in, in Iran in prison because of your activism. Is that right? It's, it's because of uh, my uh, social media giving voice to Iranian brave uh, people. They hate that. They did everything to make me miserable to um, keep me silent. So that's why first they went after the women of my campaign. Like, as I told you, Sabah got arrested. Okay. I felt guilty. Sure. She was only 20 years old and I didn't know what to do. Immediately her mother, Rahele, sent me a video and saying that now I am the voice of my daughter. And I was like, wait a minute, then why should I keep silent? When her mother see that her daughter got arrested saying that I'm going to be her voice. So they arrested 29 women of White Wednesday's campaign. Only in one day, I was like, whew, what I'm going to do? You, you feel that like you burden on your shoulder. Yes. The Iranian regime brought 11 women on TV to, to denounce me. You feel like miserably guiltiness on your shoulder. You don't know what to do. But when I see that brave women are not giving up, I said to myself, I'm not going to give up. So they went after my family. That's why. Well, they, they've also come after you. There have been two documented uh, attempts on your life, including yeah. uh, the most recent one. I mean, this gets very, very real where uh, a thug with an automatic rifle was stationed outside of your house in Brooklyn. Uh, and Did you uh, see the video? Of the big guy with loaded gun in I, front of my I house. did, and it, it was it was extraordinary and very very dark uh, yeah. for the average American. The prospect of the Iranian government hiring assassins to kill an American on the streets of New York, and one of the things you said was that if they had opened fire, they might have killed your uh, your stepchildren, yeah. your neighbors. I mean, uh, obviously that there'd be danger to to everyone who's uh, around. 
everything I just described is 100% real and also 100% unthinkable to most Americans. I mean, to be honest, for, for, for me, the most shocking part was my neighbors and my stepchildren. I'm being very honest with you. I really, really don't have any fear for my life. I'm not as scared for myself. But I was thinking, like, I was, like, picturing every single possible thing that could have happened to my stepchildren. Yes. Because I asked the FBI. I just learned about the details of the assassination plot uh, on Friday. I myself asked the leadership of the FBI in the headquarters in, in New York that what really happened that I'm alive, you have to tell me. And they said that um, basically we were watching you, but you were lucky as well because you didn't open the door. Oh, my God. Because I, they showed me the way that they they uh, actually uh, showed me the the text messages that they've been communicating. Three people. That one close. of them, yeah, one of them, Amirov was in Iran, and then Mahdiov was in front of my house. Text him, texting, text, uh, text it, texting, texting. Oh my God, it's not easy to talk about these things. Yeah, texting to Amirov in Iran, saying that as soon as she steps out it's going to be done. Well, uh, that's <laughs> awful. Another text message was like, go and ask her for a flower from her garden. Believe me, if I opened, had opened the door and he was like asking me, can I have flower from your garden? Immediately I would have said, yes, because you have to go and ask my neighbors. I'm very well known in my neighborhood, not because of my activities, mostly about my garden. I'm a village girl. So I grow vegetables, sunflowers, mint, basils, and I offer flower, mint, sunflowers to my neighbors. So I'm known for that. It shows you that the Iranian regime hired private investigators to uh, follow me, to, yeah. to know my, uh, my life and everything, my uh, body language, my everything. So that's why it's a scary because I myself know that many Iranians are being denied visa. How come these terrorists are welcomed here? And how come they hear that close to me? This podcast is sponsored by Helix Sleep. I've always been a mattress guy because I figured if I'm going to do something for up to eight hours, maybe I should do it right. And Helix Sleep lets you do it right by sending you one of 20 unique mattresses that's tailored for you. I took the Helix Sleep Quiz, takes only a couple minutes, and I was matched with a Helix Dawn mattress because I wanted something that felt firm and I sleep on my back. That mattress is exactly what I needed, but strangely enough, my kids now seek out that mattress in the house and want to sleep on it even though I did not order it with them in mind. If you have a high quality mattress, it is a game changer, a huge difference maker. Don't take my word for it. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It is even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com yang. That's helixsleep.com slash yang. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now.
This podcast is sponsored by ExpressVPN. A few decades ago, private citizens used to be largely that. Private. What's changed? The internet. Think about everything you've browsed, searched for, watched, or tweeted. Now imagine all that data being crawled through, collected, and aggregated by third parties into a permanent public record. Your record. Having your private life exposed for others to see was once something only celebrities worried about. But in an era where everyone is online, everyone is a public figure. To keep my data private when I go online, I turn to ExpressVPN. Do you know there are hundreds of data brokers out there whose sole business is to buy and sell our data? The worst part is you don't know what they're doing. You don't get to have your say. That's why I use ExpressVPN. Just hit one button and then your internet connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server. No one can see your IP address. You're completely in your own private internet. Every time I turn ExpressVPN on, I'm given a random IP address shared by other ExpressVPN customers. That makes it harder for third parties to track me and harvest my data. No matter what device you're on, you just hit one button and you get your own protected connection. So if, like me, you believe that your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market. Visit expressvpn.com yang and get three extra months for free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S VPN.com slash Yang. Go to expressvpn.com slash Yang to learn more. You're, you're incredibly brave. Uh, they've clearly been targeting you for years. Uh, they've uh, sent assassins to kill you. They have... Uh, intimidated and imprisoned family members. I understand that now some of them are free on the condition that they never talk to you. My family, yeah. Can you believe that? Like, That's awful. My mom is uh, 72 years old. My mom has nothing to do with my campaign against sure. forced hijab because she wears hijab. This is beautiful. My mom wearing hijab, sharing her love with me. Not uh, She knows that I don't want to wear hijab and I hate compulsory hijab. But... This is the, the nature of the Islamic Republic. They, they don't want us, me and my mom, to share loves because that could be an example to everyone that see mother and daughter wearing hijab, not wearing hijab, they're together. So that's why they integrated my mother and, and putting pressure on her to ask her to, 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 to denounce me. My mom said that if you come back to my house again, I would set fire I'd rather kill myself, but I'm not going to denounce my daughter. Oh, my, my gosh. And that's why they arrested my brother, and they put him in prison for two years. And I cannot believe that in 21st century, I'm talking about, like, why should I be away from my family, and why should I... Um, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. Of course. I'm a strong... But I miss my mother. <laughs> so, and then they put pressure on my family to take me to Turkey. My brother exposed the plan. My brother just uh, called me and said that if mom and dad ask you to come to Turkey to reunite, to hug you, say no. Because uh, this is from intelligence service. And they arrested my brother. They brought my sister on TV to denounce me publicly. I was watching my sister 
for 17 minutes. You know that. You're 17 minutes on TV, it's a lot. Hearing my sister like disowning me publicly. This is, you know, this is this is the Islamic Republic. It's, I mean, that's, that's <laughs> like ISIS. <laughs> atrocious and evil. Uh, as is the response to the women-led protests that, that have been uh, sweeping Iran for the last number of now months. Uh, and it was in the news during the World Cup. I mean, the, the media is a strange thing where it, it will spotlight things uh, uh, arbitrarily. Um, and, and to your point, it shouldn't require people dying uh, for, for, uh, for us to care. About Iran and about women of Iran. Um, but people are dying uh, where the Iranian government has been imprisoning protesters, has been uh, raping and executing prisoners. 19,000 got arrested in four months. 700 people got killed in four months. 50 innocent protesters are in the death row and five of them got executed. Can you believe that like um, uh, Mohsen Shikari, Majid Reza Rahnavard, Muhammad Hosseini, they were only 20 year old, 21, young. And um, they forced them to do false confession. And then after that early morning, right after the, uh, the uh, Allahu Akbar, I don't know, it's prayer call, they went to their cell and said that, are you ready to be executed? And they did for the crime of peacefully protesting and demanding freedom. They actually executing men for the crime of supporting their sisters. And women are in prison being raped. You know, for, for years and years, um, when women of Iran were saying that compulsory hijab is the most visible symbol of oppression, many People in the West, they didn't want to pay attention to this because of, you know, they were worried to cause Islamophobia. Many of them were saying that this is part of your culture. We don't want to talk about it. But this is it. Now women are paying huge price yes. their life. Men they're, are They're paying, demonstrating just how, yeah. how, how badly they want to be able to choose. Yeah, but this is now beyond, it's going beyond hijab because for us, Iranians, as I said um, before, compulsory job is just one, one like main pillar of a religious dictatorship. Uh, the Islamic Republic actually wrote its own ideology on our body. I mean, the only way that when you go to Iran and Afghanistan that you understand that these are the countries under the control of Islamic states, Taliban, Islamic Republic and ISIS, they're the same. It's just through us, women. You remember the first picture when um, uh, Taliban took over Afghanistan was what? Women I mean. covering their face. On the other side, the first picture when women got free from ISIS, women burning headscarves. So now this is uh, happening in Iran. When women are burning their headscarves, it means that we had enough. Enough is enough. We want to get rid of Islamic Republic. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, 
online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. One of the the things you want to see uh, is for the EU to designate the uh, Iranian National Guard as a terrorist group. They are. Revolutionary Guards is not just a threat for Iranians. I'm being very clear. Of course, my people are getting killed. Women are being shot in their faces. Uh, many women lost their eyes. Many men, young men being blinded by Revolutionary Guards. In 2019, uh, the Iranian regime shut down the internet and killed um, 1,500 people only in three days. This is the Revolutionary Guards, only in three days. And what happened? The whole world didn't do anything. Revolutionary Guards still are not being designated as a terrorist organization. That's why they you know, have no reason to stop killing people inside Iran. But the Revolutionary Guards is the one sending drones to Putin to kill innocent Ukrainians. So you see, for us Iranians, it's clear that the Revolutionary Guards is a terrorist organization. But I don't get it. How come that the West isolate Putin? But when it comes to Khamenei, who is helping Putin to kill innocent Ukrainians, then they hesitated to put Revolutionary Guards in the terrorist list? I don't really get that. The Revolutionary Guards is a threat to people in Iraq, in Syria, in Yemen. It's a threat for the whole region. So that's why I asked um, President Biden for a meeting in person to ask him actually to take the lead because uh, United States of America put the Revolutionary Guards in the terrorist list and they have the power. They can actually uh, convince their own allies, the EU, to do the same. Oh, well, certainly you'd be a very compelling figure for the president to meet with, given the price that you and your family uh, are, have already paid in, in many ways to make this case for the, the people of Iran. Uh, I'm sure I speak for most, uh, most any uh, American when I say that uh, I hope that the Iranian people get the, the freedom that they want uh, what is happening right now on the ground? Because um, it, it seems that the current regime is being very, very uh, heavy-handed and doubling down and tripling down. Um, and, and yet I've also seen the videos of the protesters in the hundreds, the thousands, young women, children in some cases, like everyday uh, Iranians, uh, really risking everything because they want a, a better way of life. Uh, what is happening now and what could the American people um, do to help? That's a very good question because when it comes to politicians, they actually saying that when we see the level of uh, violence is very intense, then we have to pay attention. But look, we are in the middle of revolution and we see that innocent people, children, teenagers are getting killed. So they have to understand that this revolution has different phases, different forms. The first wave was like massive protests across Iran every day. Another phase is now 
the well-known athletes in Iran quitting their jobs, saying that we don't want to be part of propaganda tool anymore. Well-known actress, um, like removing their hijab, saying that we don't want to normalize this regime anymore. We, this is the first time in our history that we see sense of unity among oppositions inside and outside Iran, sense of unity between Kurds, Baluch, Turk, Arabs, and everywhere, men and women. So, and I strongly believe that now this is the time that oppositions are getting united to have a united front coalition. And we're trying actually, I myself working with many opposition figures, op opposition leaders, um, to convince the leaders of G7 to meet with uh, political oppositions wow. and um, recognize this progressive revolution in Iran and isolate the Islamic Republic. Because look, this is 21st century. We, the people of Iran, deserve to have a secular democratic regime. But that's not fair for the leaders of uh, democratic countries to sit down and say that, okay, we're waiting for you to go to the streets and get killed, change this regime. No, this is not gonna happen like this. You have to send a signal when people are getting killed, but you're sending billions of dollars to the same regime through a um, nuclear deal and negotiating with the same murderers, nothing gonna happen. So for me and millions of Iranians, it's clear that we are ready to have an Iran without the Islamic Republic. We want to get rid of this barbaric regime who rapes women, who kill children. But we want the leaders of democratic countries to stand in the right side of the history. They have to expel the Islamic Republic diplomats. They have to recall their ambassadors. They have to designate Revolutionary Guards as a terrorist list. And instead of shaking the hand of these murderers, they have to shake the hand of Iranians. I mean, I don't think this is too much to ask, but I think that Americans can help us. How? They have to understand that. When it comes to Islamic Republic, this should be a bipartisan issue. Yes. I wanna give you an example. In my neighborhood, there are people who are supporting Trump. Some people supporting President Biden, I see the signs. Yep. And we see people are supporting, they're left, liberals right-wing, but hey, when it comes to me and my safety, they all give me hug. They all saying that, Massey, we are with you. Brooklyn is strong, we are united. Because they don't care about my political views. This is a national security issue. This is, this is about the safety of Americans. So it's not about Iranians. Islamic Republic is a threat for America. They say death to America when they wanna kill you. Believe me, they never ask you whether you're Republican or Democrat. They kill you anyway. So that is why I strongly believe that my sisters in America, global feminist movement, who were chanting, my body, my choice, where are you? We need your support. You can be allies for the women of Iran and put pressure on President Biden. And America's beacon of hope for Iranians. And this is a historical moment one of the most progressive revolution is taking place in yes. Iran. And I think that America can do a lot. They can take the lead the way that they did beautifully to kick out the Islamic Republic from United Nations top women's body. Can you believe that in 21st century, Iranian government had to see that the United Nations to monitor women's rights globally. So America did that. They can do more. That's why I wanna talk 
in person with President Biden. And I deserve actually to have this opportunity because I told you before this conversation, the reason that I came here was because I was invited by Obama's administration to interview him, but it was during 2009 Green Movement. So, and he canceled that because they didn't want to support Green Movement. They didn't want to send wrong signal to Islamic Republic. What happened? Obama said, regret. So I'm asking President Biden to support Iranian women now, otherwise you're gonna regret. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Again, as, as just about any American would share, the fact that they targeted you in American, on American soil uh, is just shocking and beyond the pale. And it shows that there really is no limit to what the uh, Iranian government will consider uh, to suppress and oppress its own people. Uh, it was not even just me. The Iranian regime targeted the former officials here. Uh, Mike Pompeo, Brian Hoke, uh, Rudy Giuliani, I think, and many other Iranian dissidents. And it's not only here in America. Right now that I'm talking to you, the U UK citizen, US citizen, the Swedish citizen, German citizen, French citizen, they're all are in Iranian prison and they're being used like bargaining chip. That's terrible. <laughs> so imagine a day, imagine a day that all the leaders of democratic countries get united and um, ask the Iranian regime, instead of just saying that, okay, let's negotiate, no. The, the Islamic Republic understand only one language, language of pressure. Put pressure on them, downgrade your diplomatic relation, and ask the Iranian regime to release all the political prisoners, all the innocent prisoners. That, that's how it works. Not just saying that, okay, you know, we are all for human rights in America. We are all for equality in Europe. We are for democracy. But you are not as united as dictators. Putin and Khamenei, Maduro, China, Everywhere, dictators are more united than democratic countries. That's not acceptable. We have to be united against autocracy and dictatorship. Yeah, you made this case at the World Economic Forum very recently. Yeah. Uh, and, and how was that experience in Davos? Oh, my God. Uh, I had a hard time, actually, to get clear answer from uh, the chancellor of Germany because I actually asked him clear question that why? Why don't you put the Revolutionary Guards in the terrorist list? Isn't that the terrorist organization killing people? German citizens are being now integrated by this regime. Didn't get a clear response because it was like, you know, we're working with our allies, French government. Um, yeah, we condemn that, we sanction. But this is not going to work. Look, even um, people inside Iran, they say that we're ready to die, but we're not going to give up. Even, even 
teenagers writing on their social media saying that this might be our last day. What terrible. Yeah, because look, they want to have normal life. One of the women, you know what she, she said to me, she sent a video of herself walking unveiled, and she said that my mom is scared that I'm going to be another Mahsa. And I told my mom that, mom, you're worried that I'm going to get killed like Mahsa? I'm already a dead person when I don't have freedom, when I don't have freedom to choose what I want to wear, when I don't have freedom to dance, when I don't have freedom to sing, when I don't have freedom to go to stadium. I'm a dead person. This is the true face of the Islamic Republic and Revolutionary Guards. So in World Economic Forum, I, I, I gave them a pretty good picture of what's going on in Iran. But sometimes, I don't know money. I don't know what, like, business, what stopped the leaders of G7 to get united and do their duty to support democracy, to protect democracy. On one level, I'm glad that you were there to make the case. Uh, I've never been to Davos, uh, and people sometimes ask me, like, hey, uh, what's it like? And I was like, I don't know. I've never, I've never been. So on one hand, I was, I was glad they invited you. Uh, on the other hand, you know, it doesn't seem like they got the message, though hopefully... I hope they're going to get it. I, look, the government took everything away from us Iranians, but not hope. I've been shouting for years and years that we have to get united. But I see a change of, um, like, I see that the, the leaders of the democratic countries, finally, they're changing their tone. But we need, we need more concrete actions. Yeah. I'm hopeful that finally um, they're hearing us. Uh, I've been mystified by the relative lack of both media and political support and attention for what's happening in Iran. Uh, women's rights are human rights and what's happening to Iranian women and children is unconscionable and shocks uh, just about any American who uh, has seen what's happening. Um, and uh, hopefully we can help change that here uh, for both the media and uh, our political leaders that as any person of conscience, you want the people of Iran to uh, live, the, live the kind of lives that they deserve uh, to live with basic human rights and freedom and, and not live in fear and not be uh, detained and Having a in some cases life. worse. Yeah, and ha have a normal life. Uh, and I Iran has become a very dark, nefarious actor on the world stage in, in various ways. I just interviewed... Uh, an American who's now an enlisted Ukrainian soldier, and she also talked about the fact that they're not just fighting Russia, they're fighting uh, Iran, Iranian drones, uh, yeah. and, and some other armaments. You, you're such an incredible inspiration and leader, uh, Masi. I mean, talking to you has been uh, both uplifting and somewhat, frankly, uh, you know, infuriating uh, for me over this past number of minutes because uh, you're so clearly passionate. Um, you speak for so many people. Um, there's just so much evil uh, and unnecessary pain and suffering that, that's happening in Iran. And uh, you hope that courage and character gets rewarded. Um, and, and I hope in this case, on behalf of everyone listening, I'm, I'm sure everyone agrees, Like I, I hope that it is rewarded by the sweep of history. Yes, I'm very hopeful. And I believe that um, Americans can be uh, 
huge help because uh, what Iranian women are doing, it's not just for themselves. Iranian women are sacrificing their life because they're trying to protect democracy and they're trying to save the rest of the world from one of the most dangerous virus, which is called Islamic regime. And don't forget, during uh, from the beginning when uh, the COVID-19, it was huge everywhere. People were like, you know, it's going to just stay in China. It's going to just stay in Iran. It didn't. Infected the rest of the world. Islamic Republic is more deadlier than this. They're going to spread everywhere. So if, if the world ignore Iranian women, believe me, they have to face those terrorists on U.S. soil more and more. And we, the people of Iran, are better allies than these backward mullahs for America and for the, the EU. So that is why I, I believe that this is the time. The time has come that we should get united to protect democracy. Amen. Well, your belief in America uplifts me. Uh, if someone wants to support uh, your efforts or you personally, aside from letting their congressperson know, hey, we should be doing much, much more to support the Iranian people, what can they do? They can do a lot. Look, on social media, I'm, I'm being very honest with you, we're being bombarded systematically. I'm being harassed. I'm being bullied. Uh, the Iranian regime is really good at uh, setting their narrative to mainstream media to, uh, um, you know, to manipulate everything. I want the Americans to help me to get the attention of tech companies that when Iranians do not have free internet, then why? Why the dictators are being welcomed on social media? When Khamenei banned 80 million people from using Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, then how come the tech companies, the U.S. tech companies, giving Ibrahim Raisi verified account on Instagram? That makes me furious. And look, I met Sheryl Sandberg. I met the leaders of uh, Instagram, Meta, but they are friends. I don't get why I cannot convince them that when Khamenei and Ibrahim Raisi arresting people, for using Twitter, for expressing themselves on Instagram. When Instagram and Twitter are banned for Iranian, then why you give them verified account? When President Trump was, uh, you know, banned from Twitter, everyone was celebrating left and liberals. Then when I asked them to help me to kick out Khamenei, they were like, no, because of freedom of speech, uh, we have to listen to what the leaders of uh, your country say. say. I said, you really want to listen to what they say? They say, go and kill them all. Go and kill Americans. Let's eliminate Israel. Let's kill Salman Rushdie. This is what they say. So you want to give them platform to order massacre? That's why I believe that every ordinary Americans who listen to me, you can use your social media, put pressure on the tech companies and say that ban Khamenei, kick them out and provide more starting free internet for Iran because internet can save lives. When people are being executed, being imprisoned, tortured, raped, they need to exchange inf information, they need to communicate. But only the leaders, the dictators of Iran are able to enjoy freedom of expression through American tech companies. 
I don't get this hypocrisy. That that is perverse. Uh, well, Masi would love to be helpful in any way we can. Uh, I don't think this is a partisan issue or even an American issue. I think it's a human issue. Uh, thank you for your courage and for standing up for humanity, uh, really. And uh, and we will do everything we can to help get this message out because it's so important. And hopefully we can help change the reality for millions uh, of Iranian women and children and men and everyone who cares about humanity in the days to come. Thank you so much for um, hosting me. And I believe together we are stronger. I, I have hope that I can invite you one day to my beloved country, Iran. You're going to enjoy it. <laughs> Ma Masi, <laughs> you're, you emanate a certain uh, energy and anything you uh, envision, I think, will happen. Yes, I know that. Thank you so much. See you soon in Iran. <laughs> I love that.